You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, study God's word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church while you're there. Download our mobile app. ton of great resources on there, including an online community. You can chat with us. You can joke around with us. You can share scriptures and and get involved in the conversation. But there's also uh, all of our teachings as well as an online digital Bible. And you can follow use that to follow along here as we study through the Gospel of Matthew. We are in Matthew chapter 11, continuing on here. And I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer as I know, if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcast, by the way, like, share, subscribe, all that really helps a big deal. Um, and some of you are listening and realizing that there is a gap from some of our previous recordings up until now. And I won't get too far into it or take too much time. Uh, but we did have a situation where a lot of the files had gotten corrupted, life got in the way. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, some of these I'm, I am having to uh, re record. And uh, I did take a bit of a hiatus to um, to just get some things together, handle some family stuff. Uh, all good, all very, very good. And I appreciate from the bottom of my heart everybody who has reached out and said, "Hey, when are we getting started again?" Uh, I'm going to take the next uh, couple of um, days, maybe a week or two, and uh, really just get us back up to date on the platforms. And then we are going to start again live. We're going to be streaming on Facebook, possibly on YouTube as well. So just uh, keep up with what we are doing. Uh, Getting into Matthew chapter 11. If you've been following along, obviously Jesus, he is going from place to place, establishing the kingdom of God, not only teaching the principles of the kingdom, but also obviously exhibiting the power and the authority that he has, right? And I'm sure this marveled everybody, including his disciples. So we see him come out of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, and we see him teaching the principles of the kingdom. And then we see him going straight into direct display of power. And now, coming out of Matthew chapter 10, what's the transition that we saw? He tells his disciples, everything that you see me do, now you go out and do it. And that's like gut check time, right? Because they're watching Jesus, probably amazed at what's going on. And now the reality is, is Jesus is saying, you do the things that I do. And that's being a disciple, right? Being a disciple is really about being willing to follow, being willing to learn, and then being willing to apply what you've learned. And we're called in the Great Commission to go out and make disciples of Jesus and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And you may say, well, I don't know if I could baptize anybody. I haven't gone to school. I haven't um, gotten my doctorate. It's not what it's about. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about introducing them to Jesus. And to be quite honest, it's not just about sharing chapter and verse. It's really about displaying the authority that you have here on earth. You say, do I have have authority? Yes, you do. 
you as a follower of Christ, has authority on this earth to change the world around you. And as we start Matthew chapter 11, we see a reintroduction of an individual that we almost started with in, in Matthew, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he was the preparer of the way. He was the prophesied preparer of the way of the Lord. And if you remember, he was out there and he was quite the character, dressed in camel hair in the desert, which is a bold move if you ask me, eating locusts, just a bizarre guy. But his message was repent. Repent. And repentance is such a beautiful thing. We make it a bad thing. It's not really what it is. It's just saying, I'm going in the wrong direction and I want to turn back the other way. And that may be you today. And you may be afraid of the word repent because you may think that it, you know, you, you may relate it to the person that's standing on the corner telling everybody that they're going to hell. That's not what repentance is about. Repentance is a beautiful, loving thing. And it's an opportunity for us to change the direction of our lives. And that's what John the Baptist was really doing. When we say he was preparing the way of the Lord, he was preparing the people. There was over 400 years of silence in that region where people were doing nothing but kind of religious practices, going to temple, coming back from temple, bringing your offering, hoping what, that one day something would happen, hoping that one day the Messiah would be in their midst. And he was. And that's what John was preparing, preparing the way of the Lord, preparing the way of the Messiah. And we see here that John, who, by the way, at the start of this chapter is in prison, he challenges Herod. Herod throws him in prison. And ultimately, I don't mean to be a spoiler here. If you didn't know, Herod cuts his head off. John is about to be executed. And he sends his disciples, as we'll see, and he just wants to make sure Jesus is who he is. And it's interesting because as you begin to walk with God, as you begin to walk out the calling in your life, you can have people check you. They want to make sure you're the real deal. And you can say all you want, but they're going to be watching what you do. And that's what we see happening here with Jesus. John sends them to check Jesus out and to ask him flat out. Let's read it. Verse 1. And it came about when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Jesus sends out the disciples, and now he's also continuing to do what he does. Verse 2. Now when John in prison heard of the works of Christ, so he heard about what Jesus was doing, he sent word by his disciples. Verse 3, and he said to him, are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? And Jesus doesn't get insulted, doesn't get angry. As a matter of fact, it's such a big deal, it's a valid question, right? Do I want to make sure? And people are going to check you in your life, too. Are you the real deal? 
Jesus answers in a very, very powerful way. He says, go and report to John what you see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who comes, who keeps I'm sorry, from stumbling over me. So he tells them, I can, don't just look, don't just hear what I'm saying. I can answer you any way that I want. Watch what I'm doing. Look at the miraculous power that's happening here. Look at the changes in the lives of everybody who is touched by me. The fruit is there. So they go back to John the Baptist and they go and report back to him. Not just what Jesus said, but what they saw happening. And they confirmed the things that John was hearing. In verse 7, Jesus kind of puts into perspective John, and he gives him somewhat of a tribute here. Verse 7, it says, And these were going, as these, the John's crew, were going away, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes about John. He says, What did you go out in the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? Something out there just making noise? No. It's not what John the Baptist was. Verse 8. But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. Did you go out there to get impressed by somebody who was all shined and polished? No. That's not what often we, we see with our eyes. And I, I think back to Samuel when he talked about David. When God told him to help Israel choose their next king, right? And David's father brings out everybody but David. David was the raggedy kid sitting out in the field, the shepherd boy. And in Samuel, Samuel gives a word, the prophet says, God doesn't look at the outward appearance like man does. He looks inward at the heart. And he says, but why did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet, this is one about whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking about John the Baptist. Among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. That means every single prophet, every single Old Testament person. This is a pretty bold statement. There has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, yet, now this is a big yet that I want you to catch. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. We think of John the Baptist and, and we say, wow, there is a forefather of faith. I know I used to think this too. And look, look, rightfully so. If we say it about Abraham, we have to say it about John the Baptist. If we say it about Isaiah, we have to say it about John the Baptist. Why? Because Jesus says, of all the people born of women that were my mouthpieces here on earth, there's none greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. What does that mean? 
What does that mean for what Jesus was saying? What does that mean for me and you? Why did Jesus say that the least in the kingdom is greater than even John the Baptist? It's because John the Baptist would never have the opportunity because he would be killed in prison. He would never have the opportunity to walk in the authority of the new covenant. And I want you to absorb that for a second because that's exactly the opportunity that you have. That's exactly the position that you are in. So you may think that you're the least of the least, and I'm telling you, you're not. Yeah, you make mistakes. I make mistakes. But the least in the new covenant is more powerful than John the Baptist. And the whole reason is because John the Baptist was moved by the spirit of God, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have the power of God living inside of you because of Jesus's finished work on the cross and his resurrection. And that's what I want us to chew on for the next few days, next few months. I want you to remember that. Whenever you have a bad day, you look in the mirror and you say, well, at least I'm greater than John the Baptist. And I hope you get what I'm saying there. You have so much access to power. John the Baptist didn't have the ability in his life to go from region to region, lay hands on the sick and for them to recover. He didn't have that Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him, the ability to raise the dead. You say, well, I don't know if I have that. I'm telling you, you do. You have the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And that's what my prayer is as we you know, continue through this study and continue realizing what Jesus is doing here. He's doing it for the first century, and he's doing it for you right now as we go through Matthew. What he's really saying is that there is nothing that is impossible for you. Nothing that is impossible for you. And you may feel like you're the least of the least, but you're not. You may think that you're not able Something disqualifies you, but it doesn't. Now, do you have to repent for things? Probably. Are there things that are holding you back? I'm certain of it. Because all of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. But where sin exists, grace abounds that much more. So as we wrap up today, as we have come up upon are 1%. And we're going to continue tomorrow, starting with verse 12, and talk a little bit more about the kingdom itself. I want us to catch what we just read, chapter 11. John's disciples are really trying to figure out, is Jesus real? You may be trying to figure out, is Jesus real? I'm telling you right now, Jesus is talking to your heart and saying, watch what I do. Watch what I do. Allow me access into your life and watch what I do. Because of the new covenant and the kingdom that we have that was 
at hand then, but is fully established here, there's nothing that's impossible for you. Just accept that today. Accept that at the end of what you can do is the beginning of everything that God can do. Accept that because you have the helper living inside of you that you have the authority to go into places and to be the light. If you remember, John the Baptist said this, I am not the light. Jesus said, I am the light. And then he turned to the multitudes that he was teaching the kingdom principles to and said, you are the light of the world. John the Baptist was not the light of the world. He admitted that himself. Jesus established that he was the light of the world. And then he turned to the crowd. He turned to me and you. And he said, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that can't be hidden. A source of refuge. You have so much power to change this world around you. I, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would understand that and that you would embrace that today. That the power of God that's inside of you does not limit you. The only thing that limits you is you feeling like you're not worthy. You feeling like you can't do it. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus today. And I pray that each of us repents of the limitations that we put on our life because we serve a God without limits. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every single man, woman, child listening to the sound of my voice that we would realize our position in the kingdom is one of power. That all authority on heaven and earth has been given to you. Therefore, we can go and we can be your hands extended, the body of Christ here on earth. And I pray that as you head out into your day, you have that expectation that God is going to put you in a position to exhibit his power and that through his Holy Spirit is going to work in and through you so that you can change the world around you. In Jesus' mighty name. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church. Check us out at soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian Daily Bible Study. Now head out to the remaining part of your day and do something for Christ's sake. And if anybody tries to put you down, say, hey, I'm greater than John the Baptist. (laughs) I love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome day.